226 kilometers swimming riding and running that's a really long distance over a really long period of time to make sure that you can call yourself an iron man i sit down in this episode and talk to tony jackson scholarship recipient daniel frost about what it takes to prepare for an iron man competition in normal times as well as in COVID times, when you're limited to where you can go and how you can train. He gives some great tips for people that are looking into taking part in the event, but it also gives you a really interesting insight into the mindset of somebody who has to prepare for something like this mentally and physically weeks in advance. Very quick introduction, Daniel Frost, athlete, business owner, dog dad. What other titles am I missing? Am I missing uh, other titles? Oh, Good question. Um, motorsport enthusiast. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's about it, really. <laughs> it's really hard to define yourself like that, isn't it? Um, yeah. How do I define myself? Um, adventure seeker. Who isn't though? <laughs> you've got to. You've got to find something that makes makes you get the gets the heart going. Um, yeah, it's really hard to describe yourself, isn't it? No one yeah. ever does. No, it, only um, when you're doing a job interview. Yeah. Well, even then I struggle. Yeah, um, same. Tony Jackson Scholar. So 2007, 2017, I started, I was training for my first Ironman. I had done four halves at that point, half Ironmans. Um, I got to the start line of Ironman, got to the swim, the roughest swim that had been. 20, like 20 years in Taupo, it was it was choppy. It was like a 1.1 meter swell. It was it was nasty. Yeah. But made it to that. That was the biggest swim failure on record that had. That people were vomiting and all sorts. It was pretty. It was, you know motion sickness. Those horrible things. Got through that. 60 k's on a bike. My bike major failure. Three month old. So, um, I went back the following year to tick it off, I wanted to be an Ironman, that was the goal I had, and applied for the Tony Jackson Scholarship, it's honouring a memory of a guy that did the first 28 Ironman in New Zealand, as you know the story, mm-hmm. um, he, after leading up to his 23rd, 24th, diagnosed with a brain tumour, and the first question he had for his doctor was, you know, having been told you've got 12 weeks to live, oh, I can still do Ironman in 10 weeks time, and he did, and he did another <laughs> 28, did another five and 28 in total and then passed away. So there's a scholarship in his honour and he he helped a lot of people. He was always encouraging. And so I I, I went to apply and it was, I was like, oh, that's too hard to sell myself. And then my girlfriend did it for me. And I, I got the scholarship, went and did it, finished it, got it done, went back the next year to do another one. Got 43 minutes faster. Um then yes a scholarship winner like i've never yeah. really won anything i can't I'm, i was gonna say i'm not academic but i am i'm quite smart but i've never had to i've never put my hand in for things and so that was quite a very honor and they've just actually announced the latest scholar announcement um so you know we all, all us past scholars are welcome to the family because it is a big family it's not just you and a few coaches you become part of this this fine out of this family. It's very, very cool and very supportive. I think it's a very Kiwi thing that we don't like putting ourselves forward. Oh, that, oh I totally agree. Like, we don't. 
Yeah, but interesting. Describe, it's awkward. Like, yeah, describe yourself. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so the scholarship obviously opened a few doors for you, got you down there meeting people and and sort of the higher echelons of the organising team and that, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. How do you feel that that scholarship has inspired other people? What, the scholarship I got? Yeah. Yeah, um, so I've got a Facebook page just more documenting what I do. Um, and I've... I, actually, funny. I, I think... I help other people as part of the reason I got the scholarship with the Tri Club. I was in the committee for nine years, present for three. Um, just giving, I like to give back. Like, I've got so much out of the sport. Like, I started with 150 kilos. I actually put on a bit lately, but that's all right. We'll get to that. It's um, lockdown. I've only ever met one person who lost weight during lockdown. Actually, I, this lockdown, I have lost 2.4 kilos. So. Oh, well done. Okay, two people. <laughs> Last lockdown, I didn't. Um, so what was I saying? That you need a shave? Oh, that was it, like half an hour ago. Oh, um, no, okay. giving, so giving back, it's sort of how I got it, just paying it forward. And a lot of people, um, like I, there's a guy um, I met through social media, Danny down in Paranapi, you're from Wayne, and I actually nominated him for the scholarship, and he got it. Um, and you know, he reached out on social media and said, Oh, you inspired me, thank you, it's really, really cool. And then like what he was doing, and like he's raised a hundred grand for um for there's a, a trust down that way that wanted to ruin at Ronald McDonald House and needed a hundred grand, so we I'll do it, I'll sort it out. So a very, very cool guy. Um so yeah, I've inspired people. Um I go to events and people know who I am and I don't know who they are, like so much so where I was doing half Iron Man in Taronga. And um, with my girlfriend and a friend of hers who's, um, she was doing her first half Ironman. Man, she's done a lot of sprints on it. She's been to World Champs like six times. Wow. The only reason she hasn't been is because it's COVID the last few years, really. And she's doing her first half. And like, we're walking down to the race and people are like, oh, hey, how are you? Oh, cool. Good luck. You know, you're inspiring <laughs> me. Like this. And, and then... All morning, like, and then I'm standing there pre-race. I'm in wetsuit, swim cap, goggles. You know, all you can see is this kind of thing. But the opposite this, of opposite of what you can see now, like now it's masked. Yeah. All you can see, yeah. You know, it's the, the Batman look. Well, now it's the other way, like, yeah. So, and people, come, oh, hey, yeah, congratulations, you're awesome, it's fun to go well. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know who you are, but you know who I am. <laughs> you need to see this. Kind of thing. It's just yep. bizarre, like, because it is five hundred people there in black rubber costumes. Kind of thing. It's it's quite it's quite bizarre in a way. And then later on that day, um, I went to um, we done all the race and everything, and I was back at the motel chilling like I do. And I'm always like, yeah, let's go to prize giving. I never win anything, but just to mm. see people and you know, it's quite cool and watching people hobble around as you hobble past. And we're there and people are asking, and because I wasn't gonna, actually going to go, like the first time ever, I'm like, oh, no, I don't know where we're going. Girlfriend says, oh, we're going to meet Kat. You said, we'll go meet Kat at Prize and go for dinner. Oh, that's right. So we did that. And then I had a, um, a most improved run thing that year. And I want to watch. And then when we were walking from Prize giving to dinner, I get stopped and talking to people. And then afterwards, like at dinner, talking to a couple of pro athletes that I've become friends with. Sort of catch up with them at races and things, and 
all very down to earth. Even the fox and the foreign pros and friends are all very down to earth. It's one of the things about Ironman and like long course triathlon is the pros. People. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of the way like that sporting in New Zealand's like that. The pro, the you can get near the pros, and like I've been to some of the, some of the Americans have come out here, like professional world champion athletes. And you can access to them, you can talk to them, and they're normal people, unlike some other sport sports where they're just this real elitist. So it's um I think I've gone off to oh yeah, so we so we <laughs> had to talk in the VM and then when we were leaving, we decided we're getting ice cream because we deserved it. We um walking along and then people asking me questions and I at the time I was a blue seventy ambassador that had been opened up due to the scholarship and I saw the owner of um, Blue Seventy was a little at the time. He's like, oh man, well done, awesome, that's pretty cool, blah, blah. And then because my friend, she'd actually won the fastest swim, female swim time, she had a voucher. She didn't realize who he was. And, and then we, we carried on walking with our ice cream and stuff. And I keep getting stopped. And, and girlfriend says to me later on, Kat asked me just before, is this normal? She said, what do you mean? All, like all the people that are stopping and talking to them, is it because they saw him win the watch? And she goes, no, that's just normal when we go to these events. There's heaps of people that know him and he doesn't know who they are. It's just it's just the norm now, and it's quite bizarre. <laughs> yeah, you're you're famous, and you're not quite sure how to handle it. Well, I was just or of a like, and I'm like, like I don't know those. There's probably not many people out there that understand. I'm and there's less than one percent of the population that's done one, and I've done two, and well, I've done ten halves. That's what's that? That's a hundred. I've got to do some quick maths here. <laughs> that's a long distance. A very long distance. Um, well, each Ironman is 226 kilometers. Yeah. So if you times that by seven. Yeah, seven I've done it. So that's 1,582 kilometers of racing. That's impressive. What's the length of the country? I don't know. A bit. I, yeah, so I don't know. Either. Probably more than that. But that that's racing. That's like you're in Auckland and Hamilton. That's mm. 26 kilometers, me swimming and biking and running to your place and back. Sort of yeah, thing. which is not something I would recommend because the bridge is a hell of a thing to try and ride over. Oh, absolutely. Actually, yeah. swimming, up, swimming up the motorway here would be quite difficult. Um, oh, so yeah. not the other day. <laughs> yeah, true. You had a bit of moisture. Um, My neighbors actually got flooded out for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like my, I, I've got a really low backyard and that looked like a rice paddy field. Um, yeah. I've got like a sub basement and that filled with water. Yeah. Oh, and then the next day, the fire department's there and security assessors are showing up and everybody's all sort of masked and social distancing and yeah. very surreal situation. Mm-hmm. Like the world hates us at the moment. Um, it's it felt like that this week, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I've. So like, and so I mean, you've got seven in our, my first one, I did 15 hours, 43. And no, the thing is, no one's ever asked me, like say, oh, I've done an Ironman. And they go, oh, wow. No one ever goes, because like, so many people I see go, oh, I did my first Ironman, I did 16 hours, 48. I'm like, so? No one will <laughs> ever ask you when you say, here's my Ironman finishes medal. Yeah. No one will ever go, oh, what did you do? They'll go, wow. Did what? Yeah, so it's, and it's very all inclusive, and like I've got friends. I'm in a I'm in a um, international profiling team called the Cupcake Cartel, 
uh, started by an expat kid, but he's an Aussie. Um, and it's all very intrusive. And we've got some, like, for example, I've got a few friends here in Hamilton that are in the cartel with me. And like one of them, she's a, you know, she's been to Kona Hawaii the World Champs uh, five, five, six times now. She's actually qualified for this year, but yeah, been postponed to February, so it's not happening. It's not happening because there's huge cases of um, COVID in Hawaii now. It's a problem. Tourist destination, and mm. they keep the doors open. Yeah, so it's it's a big uh, big range of people that that do wine. Man, you got I've got friends that you know he can do an eight and a half hour hike, and I've got friends that he does. He he's proud to do a sixteen hour fifty eight, and he's done. 16 now and i think the fastest he's done is 1643 so because it's about finishing yeah it's about finishing and no one's ever going to take away from you when you say look i've done an ironman but what was your time it doesn't matter yeah i I had um cameron brown who's a very famous he's an Mm -hmm. ironman athlete he's won ironman minimum 12 times um he's the only top 10 only person in the top 10 all-time male Ironman athletes that hasn't won the world championship. Wow. That's so, got to be a thorn in his side. He's got second and third twice. The first time he got second, he phoned up his wife. This is live. They were filming it. Mm. And this is back in the 90s. No, early mm. 2000s. They were phones up his wife. And it wasn't like a, I've come second. I've won this much money. He did the mass in his head because it was like 50,000 US dollars. Yeah. And actually, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for most people. But yeah, he's the only only athlete in the top 10 in the world, to, well, top 10, like greatest to not have mm-hmm. won the world title. Um, he's the only one to dominate an event like that. And he's, he's not just one Ironman, he's one other Ironman. Yeah, it's a bit of a few times. It's quite, he's so down to earth. It's crazy. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, he was calling his wife. Oh, yeah, he called his wife. Well, I want this much money. I have what? Well, I can't see But yeah, it's very inclusive sport, and it's a wide variety of people, and it's, it's just a fantastic atmosphere. Of all the professional um, sports that I've worked in, which to be fair is not a huge amount, but there are some there, um, it's got the oldest average competitor. Yeah. It's something like 34, 35? Yeah, it's, it's mid-30s. Um, yeah. It's... People think you need to be young and fit. You need to be mature. It, it's and an it's, endurance thing. You, you, young yeah. and fit isn't going to get you all the way. It's and, it, and it's not a case of, yeah, 15 hours on race day for me. It's actually nine months beforehand. Yeah. So, so tell me about that nine months. Obviously, there's, there's two Ironman competitions official Ironman, like big, big Ironman competitions each year. There's the, the half in December and the full in sort of March, April. First and week in March. First week in March. Yeah. Uh, down at the Great Lake there. Um, where we are at the moment with COVID, level four in Auckland, level three <coughs> in Hamilton. Um, some event organizers are reckoning this is going to go through till Christmas, level two till Christmas. So how do you plan for... How do you get sort of that training regime knowing that there's a big question mark at the moment over whether or not that can go ahead? How do you stay motivated for it? How do you do anything with a big question mark over its head? There's a question I have for you. 
don't the, the whole point of the show is to ask you guys these questions <laughs> yeah i know but that's it. Like, you've got to think you can't just break it down to one aspect of your life what if what if what if you can never go through life going what if what if what if because you'll get nowhere um it, it's scary like so i took last season off having done the sport for 10 years um i needed a break from it like that's that's 20 hours a week training and that's not working part-time, that's working full-time. Like, I've got a business, so I'm, I've been, at the, when I was training, then I was spending 40 hours on the tools and then 10, 15 hours in the office. Um, and then, you know, and then 20 hours training on top of that. And it's quite busy. Yeah, well, you don't have a normal social life, but you do. It's a, it's a different normal. It's a new normal. You've got like-minded friends that, you know, that you train with and you socialize with and they will understand you're going to be the number thing. So um so I just needed a break just to make sure it's a sport I still love which I do and I'm going back to it having had the season off. Um so I've got a long term well not a long term goal so March next year the same day as I'm in they have a, a half iron man. So that's mm-hmm. my goal. That's twenty five um twenty five weeks away. And then go back the following year, so 23, to do Ironman, back to Ironman, but finish my third. You just, you just have to set the target and plan for it. You can't, you can't, what if, what if, what if, you can't think, oh, I'm going to hold off on my training until I know for sure, um, for your mental health and physical health and you know, other people's health, health around you in a way, you've got to do it. You just can't, you just got to plan for it. You just go, well, this is the this is the set dates. You use your training programs um, and you put in that this is the race. And you set up some goals and you just work through it and you just set out your plan and adapt your plan as you go because you know, life and fitness and things and so but, so this year just been the event got moved a month because of an outbreak as well. Is it was it three weeks last this year? Um, I know working with the athletes I was working with at the time that screwed them over mentally. Like they got to a point where it's like, you know, this, there was a two or three day before the event or before we were supposed to go down to the event to set up for it. And suddenly everything changes and everything moves. You've got all of these act, uh, all of these athletes who are in tapering. So for those that don't know, tapering is obviously where you stop doing your training, basically let your body recover before you go into the event. Back off, not stop training. Yeah, back off. Back off is probably a better way of putting it. Um, and so they're in taper and then suddenly they've got three extra weeks where that's too long for tapering. Your body starts to change a little bit in that respect. Um, did, did you meet many people who, who were thrown by that? Cause I know I did. I know I met a few people who were just completely out the window with it. Um, I kind of know, kind of know, is that even a sentence? Yeah. Um, so my, as I say, my first Ironman, I did it. I snapped the bike. Um, and my mindset that day was, well, once I finally got back and out of my race clothes and stuff, was I've got to support my mates. There's a big community of athletes that you, it's an individual sport, but you, you do it together, you train together, mm-hmm. and you, what can I say here? You just, the support network around you is pretty good. Um, I know a few people that freaked out that I I I don't coach people anymore. Don't have time. 
Right, they were all freaking out. I just reached out and said, look, there's one of us talk to your coach. One of them was self-coached, and I actually come up with a plan for her. So look, no, it's what we need to do. And you can ramp back up and like ramp back up a little bit and redo it, and it's good. So yeah, some I, I heard of a few that absolutely freaked out and lost it, and then others were just like, oh, it's COVID, it's COVID era. What it is. <laughs> yep. just, gotta, just like everything at the moment, you'll like at the moment we're walking around on the eggshells, currently in level three, it's making work difficult. It's making everything difficult. Except for the KFC drive through last night when I drove past. Oh, the the lines there will be insane. We supported a local business. Um, they do they like Texas barbecue and online order. There pick up real quick, which is good. They were busy. They were pumping out orders too. Much better than other brands. KFC. Um, See, I, I've had a craving for a mint milkshake. Oh, I yeah. would like I would like a pie from the Kiki Bakery. Ooh, you know, it's, it's amazing what you miss, though. Like, like it's only been a couple of weeks, but it still I'm feels like really it's time. Not really missing it, but just like everyone's like, oh, you know, you see these massive drive-through queues at McDonald's and KFC, and I haven't. I'd love to go down the Grassy Mile and see what it's like at different meters. Oh, it would um, be, yeah, I've heard horror stories about Greenwood yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, there certainly was. There's a there's a, a Facebook group. Or training for Ironman New Zealand, whatever the years they always up. Just the day after Ironman, they change the title to the next year. <laughs> That's very productive. And it's a, it's like they did it a few years back and they were amazed at how it went. And there's just so many people posting and, oh, where do I get this product from? Or who's tried this and that? And I'm having an issue with my bike and things. And it's just this massive support network. And there's people on there like that have done, you know. 20, 30 Ironmans, things like this. It's the sort of support out there for an individual sport. It's an individual effort, but it's not. So, like race, race day is a massive celebration of what Oh, it done. is. It's a party and, atmosphere. Absolute party atmosphere. That's what you're trying to get to is the party thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'd have the party beforehand, but I'm, I'm not an athlete by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no, I, I had the party on the run. Is <laughs> the uh, unofficial aid station? These guys about 10, 12 years ago went to a stag do a couple weekend away in Tarpo stag do, not realizing it was Ironman weekend. That's bad planning. Yeah. And um, Jim Madamite, that's he did the same thing. They didn't realize, and that's he saw it. I could do that one day, and he's done this a couple now. He, um, good training buddy of mine now. He, um, so yeah, they where they were staying was right next to the run course, like further out, sort of back end of it, not near the finish line because it's it's out the back loop they do. And they set up this table and they were offering beers because they were on the last stag weekend offering drinks. And now they're they're there. They've got this same spot. They've got this table, and they have like they'll have some spirits, but they um they had Fireball and Jaeger. You could do a <laughs> they had beers you could scale. And like when you when you swim 3.8 k's, 180 k bike, and you're on your last lap of the run, you've got like six k's to go, and you've seen these guys, and they're there all day. Yeah. Well, it's on the run, they're all day cheering, and they've come for the last like ten years. That's it's really like this, cool. It's like this event they've made amongst their friends. As a, I remember actually chatting to them when I was having a beer. Don't tell the course official. Um, having this beer. 
and they said, oh yeah, we've, this is our get together because we're all in different sort of parts of the country, even in the world, and let's make sure that our key mates, we get back together and have that, that no, you can't see my hands, that bonding time <laughs> together. Yeah. Which is quite cool, like, that's their checkup on mates, you know, their, their bro call, I suppose, um, which is very cool. So yeah, they come and support athletes because, yeah, it's bloody hilarious, actually. That's cool. I'm stuffing with, no, 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 can't have it. So two very quick questions for you. How do you compensate for the limits that you have on training under level four and three? Because obviously you have to stay local, but you're doing an endurance training that tends to take you sort of a lot wider than a local scope. Yeah. And what advice do you give to people to cope through lockdowns? Um, call your mates. Seriously, call yeah. your mates. Um, I've, got a, I've got a chat group. I've got some friends. I've got a, yeah, I've got a couple of chat groups, actually. One with my triathlon cupcake, cupcake cartel. Um, we've got a, a memes thread. It's hilarious. Um, it's like 4,000 memes on this thread. Um, yeah, communicate to people. Either it's your partner or if they, like, you've got to communicate to your partner and your family. Um, can't see me doing this. Um, <laughs> communicate to your partner and family and your training buddies and just... Don't, don't bottle shit up. As for training for myself, I've actually got a training room, which is on the other side of the wall. Um, when I say room, it's in my garage. It's nicely set up. I've got a smart trainer. So a majority of my bike training is actually indoors. I don't go outside on the bike during the week because um, I don't know if you've seen him. idiots there on the road. Yeah, got, I live in Auckland. Yeah, when you've got a, a, a training session to do that, um, like an hour on the bike, really to get to get anywhere safe to do it you've got to ride for half an hour and if you've got an hour session that's pretty much right then right back and you're done so i just don't call a smart trainer you can train anytime um i've got a treadmill as well but you know at, at the moment i'm just base building so it's not big it's not big stuff it's just getting back into fitness um i've been very busy with work um uh, yes i've taken on two stuff this year so i've gone for myself to three within the space of six months. It's not a headache at all. Um, this is a video, remember? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> Don't let them see you roll your eyes. I didn't, I didn't roll my eyes, honest. Um, what was the question again? Uh, getting through COVID training. Getting through COVID training. Just do what you can. Um, yeah, if you can't go to the gym and you do strength work, there's other stuff like YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. So I tell a lot of people, like, you want to find, what's the strength workout I can do? Like, literally, you can grab Tinder spaghetti and do strength workouts. It's, there's lots of opportunities. Don't, in your community groups, there's, whatever your sport is, especially if you're doing triathlon or Ironman, jump on the training for Ironman page. There's so many athletes that have done it, and done it multiple times, and you're not alone. Yeah. All right, one last question for you. How can people find you online? Um, by googling. Um, <laughs> well, what's your what's your inspirational page like? I know, I know you've got a page out there to sort of show how you're training and and give people a bit of inspiration to get into what they're doing. What, what um, page is that? You go on Facebook. It's uh, Triple Cheeseburgers to Ironman and Beyond. It was originally Triple Cheese for Ironman. I've done the Ironman thing. Still doing Ironman, but anything else I'm doing, um, that I'll actually make- came from. Newspaper heading up that title. I'll make sure there's a link in the in the bio underneath so that everybody can can jump yeah. on there. 
Instagram, Frosty Triathlete. Uh, that's all I've got. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's my business page, which is Endurance Electrical. Do you want to give the business a shout out? Sure. Why not? Oh, they, they pay my bills. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Ironman is not a cheap sport. That, that's a myth. I think okay. it's an absolute myth. Yeah. Yes, it may cost you $1,000 to enter. Yes. But triathlon is anything you do, you make expensive. If you get into tiddly wings, you buy a $10 set of tiddly wings. And if you get good at it, you'll buy yourself a $100 set of tiddly wings. The majority of people that I've met with Ironman, through like, like doing Ironman, it's, it's the one goal that they've got. So they, uh, and I'm sure after they do the first one, they're like, well, you know, I could do that again, or I want to do the half, or, you know, they want to keep going with it. But it, it's hitting that goal to start off with. So they, they balk a little bit at the $1,000 wetsuit, and then at the $8,000 bike, and then the $500 pair of shoes. And yeah, exactly. But, but if it's something that you're only doing once, that feels like an expensive outlay. Secondhand. There's yeah. so many people. Like you watch, you watch trade me in Facebook Marketplace after Iron Man. Here's my Iron Man setup. I'm one and done. <laughs> I, I, I say I pick up a lot of gear secondhand because there's a lot of people that are a little bit elitist and they've got to have the uh, yeah. the new new thing on their bike because the the old version that six months old's four grams heavier stuff like this. So you can pick up some cheap gear or people buy a new bike and they're like, I don't like these brakes because they're X brand. Them are the same thing, so you, you pick them up real cheap, and that's yeah, it's just about being smart. I want to thank Daniel for taking part in this conversation today. Having seen firsthand just the amount of effort and raw emotion that goes into an event like this and taking part in an event like this, it's fantastic to get an insider's perspective on what it takes to actually get there. If you want to learn more about Daniel and what he's been up to or follow him on his, his official social media pages, just check out the description below. There's a few links in there. And join us again for another episode. Until then, have yourself a great day.